Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And we're back. Back again for another season of Wine School Dropout. This season is super special to me as it is an abroad season from a destination that was at the top of my bucket list. Before we get to this season though, I want to talk to you about what's going on with Wine School Dropout in general. We started this podcast bringing you episodes to give you a basic understanding of wine. Like what do vintages really mean? Why is wine priced the way it is? What makes sparkling wine sparkling? Things like that. Then we moved into introducing you to the people that work in and around the wines you drink on an international level. You really like that. So you spoke and we listened. Going forward, Wine School Dropout will stay true to its name, still schooling you, but not talking about the tasting notes and such. We'll be talking about regions, culture, food pairings, where to go for the greatest wine experiences. Sound good? Think of it as an ears on, cause it's a podcast. Learning experience that you wouldn't get in a formal classroom or in school. You'll learn grapes and soil and winemakers and also the best place to travel for wine and what to expect when you arrive. What do you think about that? Still along for the ride? Fantastic. Let's get into our newest season, season five, Wine School Dropout, Semester Abroad. Do you have a bucket list? What types of things are on your bucket list? Is it a list of things you want to achieve before you turn 50 or a list of places you want to visit? Mine was a list of places I wanted to visit. And at the top of that list was wine country in South Africa. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? That dream came true. Goal achieved. I visited Stellenbosch, South Africa this year. And I tasted the most amazing wines and met some of the kindest people. Speaking of kind people, the hospitality in South Africa, top notch. My first guest of this season will speak to that specifically as she is the international sales marketing manager of Canon Cup Wine Estate. From literally the second I met her, I was drawn to Deirdre Taylor. I heard her laugh and I thought, who is that? I need to meet her. So I did and she is absolutely fantastic. A marketing dynamo, she's been called in fact, can have a conversation with anyone and lives to tell you about South African wine and culture, specifically Kononkop, of course. Starting off our season with the warmest South African welcome, 
and sharing anecdotes about the hospitality they are known for, here is Deirdre Taylor. Well, today I'm so excited. We have a special guest with us from South Africa, of course, because this is the South Africa season. We have Deirdre Taylor with us. Deirdre, hello. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. Thank you. And yourself? I am doing well. Tell us who exactly you are and what you do. So Tanisha, my name is Deirdre Taylor, and I'm, I'm proud to say I hold the, the job of being responsible for sales and marketing for Canonkop Wine Estate in Stellenbosch, South Africa. Canonkop is a family-owned winery who focuses on producing world-class Cabernet Sauvignon and world-class examples of our, our indigenous grape variety, Pinotage. And I've been in the wine industry in South Africa for 20 years, and I've been at Canonkop for just short of nine years now, and no, no plans to go anywhere or make any changes anytime soon. Wine has definitely got its, got its hold on me. And once wine has a hold on you, it does not let go right? No, yes. no. For all the right reasons. Absolutely. All the right reasons. I um, have to admit, when I first got into or came to know South African wines, it was from Canonkop, from the cadet line. Canonkop has uh, two ranges of wines, effectively. Um, the top range called the Canonkop Estate Wines. Um, and in the Estate Wines, that's where the property started. So we've got um, about 100 hectares under vine. Just over half of our vineyards are planted with Pinotage. And then the second most planted grape variety is Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, and then we have Cabernet Franc, uh, Merlot, and Petit Verdot that we use for blending. So we don't have any single varietal Cab Francs or, or Merlot in our range. Um, and then the second label range or a, a range of wines called Cadet. Now Cadet is uh, made from, from grapes that we buy in. It's usually made from younger vineyards um, from Stellenbosch. So we have contracts in place with about 22 growers in Stellenbosch that we source grapes from. We have a viticulturist, um, her name is Anneli, and she's responsible for farming those vineyards with the owners of the vineyards to make sure that we get the quality of fruits that we need um, for, the, for the wines. And then once the wines are delivered to the winery, those, those grapes are treated exactly the same way as you would the Canonkopi State wine. So it's made by our winemaker in our winery, in our cellar, in our same way. The only major difference is that the cadet wines see all the barrels. So we would use um, fairly uh, large quantities of new oak on the estate range. The cadet range is usually in second, third, and fourth full barrels for about 12 months. And the idea with them are, you know, it's, it's to make wine that is accessible uh, in youth, you know, wine that you can enjoy sort of three to five years from vintage, something that you can have on a Tuesday without having to feel that you've... Uh, had too much of a dent in the wallet that you can enjoy, obviously, while you're waiting for your estate wines to reach maturity. I don't think people think of uh, necessarily age-worthy or estate-style wines when it comes to South Africa. And that being said, what do you think is the reputation of South African wines? I think we South Africa is bad at, at, at marketing. We were bad at marketing ourselves. You know, we, we were fairly, um, I wouldn't say a humble country, but... We expect people to know more about us without us ever telling them. So you people arrive here and you, you host them and at the end of the visit, they're like, oh, wow, we didn't know you did this. And we're like, oh, really? Because we knew it, but we forget to people. So we do a lot of great things. We're just really bad at telling people we do them. 
So when South Africa, when the trade embargo ended on South Africa, because as you know, during apartheid years, there was a trade embargo on South Africa, which started in the 80s and ran all the way, I think it ended in end of 91. It was very little access to South African wines for anybody around the world and very little access for South Africans to international wines. So we were a very closed off um, community, a closed off market. We only knew our own wines. We drank our own wines and nobody else got to see our wines. And when we, when the trade embargo was lifted and we were able to start trading with our wines again, there was a huge amount of interest in, in what South Africa was doing. But because we had been so out of the loop for so long, the quality of the wines of a large portion of our wines at that point, it wasn't amazingly good. Um, and also we were entering world markets with sort of cheap and cheerful wines, the, the bottom of the shelf kind of, kind of offering. And, and that's really played a very important yet negative role on the image of South Africa for a long time. And of course, when you're looking at buyers coming out in those years and wanting large volumes, and they were wanting large volumes at cheaper prices, and we accommodated by selling them large volumes of wine at cheap prices, but also at relatively low quality. And that's dented our image um, as, as a nation, as a, as a country producer. That said, it has changed a lot in the last 10 to 15 years. South Africa is consciously working on improving quality in bottle and always presenting the best possible wine on the world stage. We, we're showing a lot more of our premium wines around the world and a lot less of sort of the bottled in market kind of wines. But we have a long way to go. We are very encouraged by if we look at wines in South Africa with our local trade figures. We can see that there is, uh, there is a drop in the amount of liters produced and a drop in the amount of liters exported but the price per liter has increased significantly. So we are being very successful in, in achieving the wish or the want to export more premium wines and bottled wines, not a wine in bulk anymore. So I would say it's a, lot, a long answer to a short question, but initially we didn't do ourselves any favors by how we presented ourselves to the market. We've realized our mistake and we're actively working at showing people how well our, how well our wines can age and how great we are at making great wines. And the battle is completely won. If I can get somebody to sit down with me and get some wine in their glass, they taste that wine and they know. Okay, like, okay, we get it. We get it. We understand. But it's a lot of um, just sitting down with people and tasting with them. Getting someone to sit down with you, getting someone to taste with you, it's more than just talking about, oh, this is the flavor profile and, you know, it grows on this style of vine and we use this kind of rootstock. It's about hospitality. And what does that look like for you at Kanonka? We're very jolly people. We're a nation of sunshine, of, of lovers of summer. We love to be out. We love to be outdoors. We love to be having brides or barbecues. We love to have people over, entertain them. So it's not something we have to, um, we have to work on. It comes naturally to us. It's something we enjoy. And we enjoy sharing that lifestyle with people that come and visit with us. So what we do at Canon Corp, if, if people come and we can, we can host them, we love to have a, a fish brine. So there's a local fish in South Africa called snook. It's a, quite a firm, meaty white fish, which we put open on the, on the brine. So it's, it's cooked on an open flame outside, which is a very uh, social way of cooking. Everybody stands around, you can see it happening, and we kind of eat it fresh off the coals. There's no airs and graces, you know, you don't have to, there's no white tablecloth kind of dining here, no, no silver knives and forks. You know, we, we, keep, we keep it casual, we keep it fun. And that's just the nature of the family here. Um, it's what we love, it's what we love to do, and we love sharing what we love with, with people that come and see us. And I must admit, 
I think if you if you come to South Africa and you come to Stellenbosch for a for a holiday for a food and wine experience, I think really Stellenbosch hosts people incredibly well. And whether you're looking for a very casual sort of barbecue braai experience, or if you want a more fine dining opportunity, or white tablecloth, you know, big beautiful wheel glasses, we do all of that really well here. Food and wine culture is you know very very well established. Um, and, and visitors can have an amazing experience. And this is just who we are. This is just how we do it. Say you're receiving guests at the winery. Say I return to Stellenbosch mm-hmm. and come when with your friends. Right. Thank you. I need to, you know, speak life. When I return and then I come to Canon Cop um, with a, a few friends, of course, walk me through like what would happen at the winery. Like when I walk up, what would my experience be like? I would always recommend that you visit us in harvest because that's the most action-packed, exciting time of the year for us. So if you arrive and you, you park in the parking area and no doubt a, a tractor full of grapes will come driving past you very slowly. So you get to see, you get to see the receiving of all the grapes, you know, the, the sorting of them, the, the de-stemming. We have a, a tour that goes through the winery, a self-tour. So you, we've got little boards up explaining to you what's, you know, what's happening at every stop. Our winery, our cellar is busy. There's a lot of people in there during harvest, 20, 30 people, and everybody's happy to share with you what they're up to, what they're doing, you know, what, what's the next stage. So we always encourage guests to come and take a walk through, you know, and take their time, take pictures, chat to the guys on the on the ground, chat to the guys in the tanks, what they're doing, you know, what grape variety is coming in today, what they've just picked, how many tons have they taken in, what they're excited about. And then once you've done that, once you've taken a walk and a tour through the wine, through the production cellar, you can come into the cellar door and you can have a look at our barrel cellar. We've got a, we're actually busy now just doing an expansion of our tasting room, which is now going to include a sort of a private tasting room in our, in our barrel cellar. And then also a, a, a vinotech or some older vintages that you can have a look at and sample. So then you can come in and, and meet our team with LSD and Esbeth or Cricker have a chat to them um, and let them take you to the wines. And there's an amazing understanding, you know, once you've seen the winemaking process and how it works to actually get into taste it in the glass, it makes sense to you. It makes sense that we make wines in a slightly weird way. And we have these open concrete fermenters and you can see, you can see the fermentation happening. And it's, it's, there's nothing, you know, we have very little stainless steel here. Everything is, is open and concrete and alive and moving, but you taste the difference in the glass. And once you've had that experience, it's not something you're likely to forget. All right. Now, with this being such an amazing experience in person, how do you transfer that experience to um, online or to social media? Since a lot of people kind of get their first experience with the winery um, now through social media, how do you transfer that experience? Well, we're a country that's quite personable. We we often find it difficult to translate ourselves and our culture and and put it into a digital, digital medium. To us, it always feels that it's you just slightly removed you know you you can't quite there's not that tangibleness to it but what we we have tried to do is um we we have had you know a series of of tastings and we make sure that our website is updated with the latest factions latest examples we try and keep our social media up to date with images of the vineyards and what's happening at this time of the year and we have videos where you can go through sort of three to five minutes of 
how the cellar works and how the wines are made. We have some additional information with Aubrey, our winemaker, sharing the story of how this particular vintage was produced. And that content is, is always available online. And, you know, if we can, if you grab a bottle of our wine in retail store, you know, close by to you, and you have that wine with you, and then you can watch the story. It's a, it's a small way of us, us being able to translate that message of being at the winery. Never going to replicate it perfectly, of course, but it gives you some sense of, of what it looks and feels like here in Ankenonkel. And for us, you know, wine is our business and wine is our only business. And it's, you know, not only, we, we talk about Kanonkop as being a family business, not because it's owned by a family necessarily, but because it's families that work here. And we have many families where the entire family works for us. So we have a team of about 80 people that work on Kanonkop that all looks after the, these seven wines that we make. So wine is very important to us, all of us, because it's our livelihoods. So we've got to make sure that we do it right. You know, that people have a great experience with it. That if you buy a bottle of our wine, you love it. And you buy another one and hopefully you buy a case. We want people to buy into our story and our love and passion for what we do. And to know that, that we, we all focus on it because it's, it gets 100% of all of our attention. I don't even know how to follow up to that. Like that was kind <laughs> of everything. I do want to add something going back um, when you mentioned harvest is the best time to come down. With you being in the Southern Hemisphere, when is your harvest and how does that work out? So we usually start on the 1st of February. Apart from the red wines we do, we have one rosé, which is made from Pinotage. And the rosé is usually harvested on the 1st, if not the 1st, 2nd or 3rd of Feb. Harvest usually finishes just before Easter. So somewhere around second week in April. So we have a good sort of 10 weeks from 1st February to mid-April that, that we're busy. Pinotage, early ripening variety in terms of the reds, that always come in first. And then Cabernet Sauvignon or Cabernet Franc would usually come in toward, towards the end. But it's interesting to see because, you know, um, it, it all happens every day. It's, it's very seldom that we have a sort of a dead day or, you know, when nothing's coming into the winery. And even then, you know, we've still got fermentation happening and guys running around and working. So it's a very, very active 10-week uh, period. Um, so that's a great time to visit from a, you know, not only from a winery point of view, but, you know, February, March, April, we've got amazing weather, um, very warm, lots of sunshine. South African schools have gone back to school, you know, so our local holidays is usually December, January, which is very, very busy. It would be the equivalent of your August, whereas February, March and April, the, the locals are not on holiday, but we have a lot of international visitors. So thankfully, we don't have those two kind of coinciding because uh, there's, not, there's not queues everywhere. And it's a lovely, really lovely time to visit. But I mean, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm very pro being a South African, um, nationalist in the, in the good sense of the word. And, uh, you know, very, very proud to, to be part of the Stellenbosch wine industry. Very proud with the wines that's coming out of this town. You know, we are, we're also an industry where we, we're very happy to help each other. We understand our neighbours are not our enemies. Our neighbours are our neighbours. The people we have brides with, the people we go, we travel with, the people we have dinners with. And, you know, it, it's so, it's such common place where a neighboring winery will, the winemaker will phone up Aubrey and say, listen, I'm, I'm not quite sure about this, or can I bring over a sample? I, I want to get your feeling on this particular barrel, or he'll do the same. We will, you know, I'll walk into the cellar and there'll be a bunch of guys tasting out a couple of barrels. Coopers will bring over other wineries, showing them what Aubrey's done with their barrel. So we're very, um, we're very inclusive and we're very happy to share uh, because we feel you know, in terms of the world of wine, I mean, South Africa only produces about 4% of the world's wine. So we're really tiny, a tiny industry in the global sense of it. So 
our competition are not our neighbors. Our competition is the rest of the world. And we, we're fighting for, uh, for shelf space, for attention, to get, to get our wine in people's glasses. And collectively, we can all give the same message and have that same drive. It's just so much better for our town and for our industry. Now, let me go back to you a little bit. You are South African, born and raised, have always lived mm-hmm. in um, mm-hmm. South Africa. And how did you get into the wine industry? So I, I am South African born and bred. I'm fifth generation South African, which makes me about as South African as, as anybody. So wine happened to me like it happened to the most, I would say to the best of us, completely by accident. I had, uh, I had every intention. Um, I studied industrial psychology. I had every intention to go into human resources. The only thing that really changed that plan, or the main thing that changed that plan, is my university happened to be in Stellenbosch, which is the center of this incredible wine region. And as a student, I didn't have terribly large amounts of money. And if I wanted to go out, I needed to work. So I got a job working in a cellar door in a winery. And I thought, hang on a moment. Now, this is cool. I, I, I like this. I got to spend time chatting about people, chatting with people, telling our stories. You always meet amazing people in a winery and people come and visit you. They're happy, they're on holiday, loving life. So that's how I got into the industry, completely by accident. Um, And I decided shortly after that, that I finished my degree, but but wine studies is what I was going to do next. So I've been in the industry, as I I think I mentioned earlier, almost almost 20 years now. I love that. I like that we... All of us seem to come from somewhere else and then get into wine. I love that aspect of it. As I said, once wine has its hooks on you, you, you once you're in, you're in. You don't, you don't get out easily. Do you have a house wine? Like something that you always have available that you, you know, if someone just pops up over to your house and something that you have available to pour for them? I have a couple. It, it depends on the guest. So I'm a big fan of bubbly. I always have a South African, a, a Cap Classique. I usually have some Simon Sur Carp in my fridge. Um, and I've got a few friends that love to toast with a glass of bubbles. So, so that, that'll always be there and ready and waiting. Uh, I'm also a very big fan of Chardonnay. Um, and a winery very close to us, just five kilometers down the road, is Hartenberg. And the Hartenbergish Ed Chardonnay, I have a couple of cases in my cellar at any given time. So that would be my choice in whites. And of course, for, for Red, uh, my cellar is stocked high with Cadet Cape Blend which is our, you know, by the, by the court of my house. If you're going to come over for a braai or a couple of burgers on a Friday night, we'll, we'll have a, a glass or seven of Cadet Capley. I love that, a glass or seven. I'm going to start using that, a glass or seven. <laughs> well, a final thought. What is something about Stellenbosch, uh, South African wine, or Canon Cup, the first one you think of, that you wish people knew? I wish people knew how amazing our wines are. And that whether you're shopping in New York for a bottle, if you want to buy a bottle at $20, buy South Africa. Because if you buy South Africa at $20, you're going to get incredible value for money. And whether you're buying a bottle at $20, $50, or $100, I'm I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident that that I can bet you that if you bought that versus any other wine at the same price point, you'll be amazed. It's very seldom that I hear somebody saying, oh, I tried a Stellenbosch wine once. It's more they come and tell you, saying, oh, I tried to sell them with wine once. I've been drinking them now for 10 years. So the more people that can be introduced to our wines, I know they're going to love them. We're a very passionate industry. We, we work really hard on, on putting the best that we can in, into a bottle and therefore the best that we can into your glass. And I just hope more people are, 
are willing to give us a, give us a try, you know, um, experiment and don't experiment with the with the with the five euro wines. Try try a little harder, try a little more, and you're going to get something a, a lot a lot cooler. That's excellent advice. That is excellent advice. Well, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate um, you taking the time out to have this conversation with me, educating us a bit on South African wines, Stellenbosch and Kenon Cup. Thank you. Thank you, Tanisha. Thank you so much. Thank you for visiting us and for spreading the, you know, the good, the good message about Stellenbosch and South Africa and about the amazing time you had visiting us. It was definitely a pleasure and it will not be the last time I will be returning. I'm going to hold you to it. Yes. Thank you. What a great way to kick off this season with Deirdre and Canon Cup, as it's actually one of the South African wines that I was already familiar with, as I enjoyed it quite often when I lived in Washington, D.C. Name recognition is really something. Now, I hope you have a good foundation of what makes South African wines and the people behind them so special. And I also encourage you to check them out online at www.kanonkop.co.za. And then go find some at your local wine shop. You will not be disappointed. Be sure to come back next week for our next installment of the South African semester abroad season. A little teaser. Champagne is from the Champagne region of France. But what is it called if it's in South Africa? Hmm. Thank you for listening to Wine School Dropout. This podcast was produced by Studio Ochinta and hosted by me, Tanisha Townsend. Our executive producer is Lori Martinez. Sound design and production by Luis Lopez. Production coordination by Catalina Oyos. Our theme was done by Gabrielle DeMasso. Music is by Makai Beats. Our art is by Tiffany DeLune. Follow us at Wine School Dropout on Instagram. If you'd like the show, tell a friend about it and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sit back, relax, and have a glass. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.